Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. We are 11 days away from uh, the annual uh, celebration of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s holiday, which is uh, fought for for a long and very hard time and finally came to fruition. And uh, joining me today to talk about Dr. King and about uh, where our plight as uh, African-Americans seeking to gain economic equality in Washington State and the country uh, is uh, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, Senior Pastor of First African Methodist Episcopal Church in Seattle, and Bishop Reggie Witherspoon, Pastor of Mount Calvary Christian Center, and has uh, churches under him in Seattle and Tacoma. So what I'd like to do, uh, uh, Pastor Anderson, is I can start off with you. You know, we hear things like, well, you know, uh, Martin Luther King wouldn't want to be, he wouldn't be, a, he'd be against this, he'd be against that. Uh, and, uh, you know, from my understanding and reading of Dr. King, uh, he talked with a lot of folks that he demonstrated and protested for for rights for Black people. And that's one of the things people want to leave out of American history now, is that the struggle uh, for civil rights was a struggle for Black people. Uh, I was in, uh, 10 years old uh, going to the sixth grade when my family moved here from Shreveport, Louisiana. In my days riding the boat on the back of the bus, anybody that wasn't Black rode on the front of the bus. Uh, so I guess that's critical race theory. But anyway, I want to go to Pastor uh, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson and just uh, give a couple of uh, remarks about yourself, sir. Everybody know you've been here and been doing some fantastic things. And then we'll go to Bishop Reggie Witherspoon. So go right ahead, sir. Certainly. Thank you, Brother Rye, for inviting me to this auspicious radio program that you've been hosting for a number of years. And the work it speaks for itself. Exemplary work. Uh, Pastor Kerry Anderson, glad to be with you. First AME Church in Seattle and Auburn. And as we are celebrating in just a few days, the life, the memory, as well as the moment of Dr. Martin Luther King, this is an opportunity for us to relive, rehearse, and revive ourselves into the ideals that he has set forth for a nation and a world. So thank you for uh, allowing me to be here with you. Bishop Reggie, why don't you go right ahead? We know uh, you also uh, grew up in the area and graduated from yeah. Garfield and did a whole bunch of fantastic things. So go right ahead, sir, with an introduction. Yeah, thank you, Eddie. It's just good to be with you all. Bishop Reggie with us soon been pastoring in the Central District. Uh, I don't know what we, what it is now. It's not the CD as we knew it, but been pastoring here for 35 years. Grew up in Seattle, spent some time in Los Angeles, but grew up in this city and um, ed educated in high school and college here. And I know this area well, and I've been pleased that over the years have really, I, I'm, I'm glad to have been able to make an impact on so many, particularly young men's lives. Over the years, it's good to be with my friend, Dr. Kerry uh, Anderson. And I'm so happy that this is a great moment, I just want to say, for the church. This is a great moment for the church. It really is. But it's also a critical moment for the church. Um, we're at this crossroads where we are being redefined, as it were, depending on how we handle and manage uh, all, of these, all of these ebbs and flows and uh, these unprecedented times in which we're living I believe it's time for the church to step to the plate and arise and give God glory. Um, Dr. King was a very social uh, man, and so was Jesus Christ. Jesus was a social Christ. He was about um, the disenfranchised, the, the, the rejects, the misfits, the nobodies. Um, he went to the publicans and sinners. He, he laid hands on lepers. He talked to, to, to um, prostitutes. He ministered to people who everyone else threw away, and that's what the Black church and all of the church should be about 
And I just want to say kudos to you, Brother Eddie, as I turn it back over to you. You've been doing a great work for a long time. I remember as a kid admiring you, man, being in the trenches, um, you know, standing up for African-Americans' rights. I remember it, man. You, we, we owe you a great debt of gratitude, man, and you're still in the fight. And I want to do all I can to serve with you. But kudos to you for all the great work you do. And I'm so pleased and proud to be the godfather of that daughter of his, that Miss Angela Rye. And as you can imagine, we have great conversations. All right, my friend, good to be with you. Absolutely. Now, uh, Pastor Kerry Anderson, given all of the social and economic ills that we see today, uh, can you relate to some of that or some of the struggles that Dr. King engaged in on behalf of Blacks gaining voting rights and civil rights uh, in this country? Absolutely. One of the things that uh, intrigues me, uh, Dr. King wrote a book uh, about the Montgomery bus boycott, Stride Toward Freedom. We are still striding towards freedom. We haven't gotten there yet. We have not achieved the ideals that he so uh, adequately fought for and thought about. And if MLK was here today, I think he would remind us of one of his great speeches. And I'm not talking about the I have a dream speech. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the speech he gave at Stanford University. I was eight or nine years old at the time. It was April the 14th, 1967. And he brought a speech entitled The Other America. And this speech is so intriguing because it talks about um, poverty and the wealth gap. And do you know here in 2023 now, the wealth gap is widening, but he was addressing this far ahead of his time in 1967. And so if I could just say this in a nutshell, if Dr. King was here today, he said, if we, he would say something like this, if America is to be a great nation, we must be concerned, as Bishop Witherspoon has alluded to, about the plight of the poor, the plight of the disenfranchised, the plight of the helpless, the plight of the homeless. And just put a tag right there. When we talk about homeless, Eddie, mm -hmm. we're talking about Seattle. Our beloved Seattle is ranked third in the nation only behind Los Angeles and New York with the homeless problem. We see that uh, Mayor Bass in Los Angeles, the first thing she did was declare a state of emergency on the plight of the homeless. Dr. King would be pounding his fists and his pulpit about us being concerned about the homeless. So let me just stop right there because I can go on and write a book and a thesis on, on Dr. King right now. Thank you. And I yield back to you and to Bishop Witherspoon, my dear friend. That's why we have you on the program, sir. Go right ahead, Bishop. It's your turn. Yeah, you know, I, I just feel like um, the thing that kind of troubles me, and you know, we, Carter G. Woodson wrote, wrote a book, The Miseducation of the Negro. And in the book, he said it like this, so you say I am, so I become. If you tell somebody something long enough, they begin to believe it. And unfortunately, man, for over 400 years, we as African-Americans have been told everything negative about us. And it's been so inculcated within us. And it's just so deeply entrenched. 
it's challenging and difficult to move that scale as it were. Dr. King did a magical and genius work. Clearly he was a prophet for the 20th century. Clearly God had his hand on his life. But the challenge we have even to the black church and to all of us, you know, I was at the, uh, at a, here, here it is in a nutshell, it would break Dr. King's heart. I went, um, what was it, night before last to the Rainier Beach and Garfield basketball game. And it was at Seattle Pacific University. And, and you know, I kind of understood some dynamics and the two black cheerleaders were going back and forth. I mean, they were going back and forth with their cheers. So we left a bit early and sure enough, man, fight broke out. And I'm like, Lord, who's teaching our black kids to not like each other? At some point, man, we, the church, have got to step to the plate. And one of the things that has hurt us is so the church has failed in many ways. We've become irrelevant in a lot of ways. And I, I admit it. And uh, to that end, so you know, now we re we're raising generations. I've got millennials and uh, my four kids are millennials. Now, most millennials kids don't go to church. So we're losing two generations, brothers. So we have utter work to do. And if we're really going to respect the memory of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., we need to move this thing in a positive direction and really do some things that effectuate change in people's lives. Well, one of the things that you both have signed on to, matter of fact, uh, Pastor Anderson's name is the first name on the complaint, the civil rights complaint, and Bishop Reggie Witherspoon's name is the last name on the civil rights complaint. And in between there are 20 other names of organizations like the Black Collective over in Tacoma, the Tacoma and the Seattle NAACP, uh, Elmer Dixon's firm, Executive Diversity Services, a lot of the other clergy have signed on, and uh Recently, we got uh, someone to stand up for us, and that was Congressman Benny Thompson, who gave me permission to circulate his letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland and to the Secretary of the Department of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. He said that there's a public information. It needs to be circulated far and wide, which I did. So, uh, Pastor Anderson, I want to go to you. Uh, you saw the numbers uh, in 2021. Uh, this was a year after we filed the complaint, we find out that during the time we were filing the complaint, African-American-owned businesses did 0.18% of the state's business. And the, and the agency that handles all the procurement, uh, they did less than 1% with all companies. And then people are saying, we can't find these Black businesses and Black contracts, but you don't have affirmative action for 23 years. And they see other Black folks in business being ran out of business. Why would they invest their hard-earned money to go into something that's a losing cause? So I would just like to have you, Pastor Anderson, if you could address the economic apartheid that African-Americans are facing in the state. Yeah, there's several issues as it relates to uh, this wealth gap and economic disparity. You know, we hear the term very commonly used now as reverse discrimination, meaning when a white man or a white woman is overlooked they claim white privilege, and they also claim discrimination. But what the issue is, we have suffered for 400 years. We've been in this society 400 years, 300 years as slaves. And we worked for 300 years without pay. We built this nation without a paycheck. We built systems and structures and buildings and communities and railroad tracks and airplanes without being compensated adequately. 
Yet, we find white folks so quickly to talk about reverse discrimination when we have been left out, locked out, and left behind all of these years. And it seems to me that it's unethical, unethical for a white man to talk about uh, white discrimination, reverse discrimination, when they can't, when we suffered the brunt of the ailments of this world society, when when the white America sneezes, we get the flu. I mean, and we're still suffering, and there is no vaccine for that. Mm-hmm. So we've got to continue to fight. We've got to continue to put our nose where it belongs. And that's in the business of state legislatures. It's in the business of the federal government so we can turn the tables and turn this thing around. Well, Pastor Kerry, I just want to say it would really be good if we could identify some issues, if the churches could just take turns showing up the city council, county council, the legislature, and just take turns doing that. Uh, that we'd have a we'd have a black president everywhere. Now I want to go to back to Bishop Reggie Witherspoon to have him comment. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Just as we unfortunately have been taught subconsciously to feel, to behave, to act inferior to white folk, they have been taught to feel superior to us. Now that white privilege and implicit bias is absolutely real. And they're so far gone until they they don't even realize a lot of these disparities and a lot of their, you know, injustices toward African-Americans. I'll give you now, when, you know, watch when SDOT was doing, you know, redoing the corridor down 23rd a few years ago, uh, they met with me because, you know, they was right up on our property and all these things. And I said, you know, I tell you what, I better see black people on that. I think it was an Eddie, a billion dollar project, something like that. I better see black people on this project. And man, their answer blew me away. Well, we're on this quota situation. I'm like, you know, you know what? Um, it, it, so I don't, we at some point, I think the one way to get to change this, white folk aren't gonna do it on their own. We're gonna have to force this thing. We're gonna have to force it. And what's gonna have to happen is churches are gonna, gonna need to come together. Man, for once in our lives, black folk are gonna have to come together. And uh, you know, you, con- you divide, you conquer. Everybody knows that. And we're gonna have to come together you're not worrying about who who's the big shot. And let's let our voices be heard. Let's start taking our money away from where it affects white folk. And let's make some demands. Other than that, they're going to keep doing what they can do, man. Let's raise the issue. As you say, go to these meetings and get the issue up and then make sure that, that the media know this is how we feel. And we're not going to stop until there is some change in a positive way. And we get some of that wealth. And I would say that uh, that civil rights complaint that was filed November 23rd, 2021, mm-hmm. uh, really, uh, uh, it was just 2021. It's been over a year. And wow. uh, the uh, Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice sent it over to the Department of Transportation. And uh, hopefully, with the letter from Congressman Benny Thompson, we'll get so, uh, something going on. Uh, I have uh, uh, Sister Tana Yasu on the line. She's uh, Joe Brazil's uh Grand niece, anyway, she's a Joe Brazil is a famous uh, black musician. Also, he had founded the Black Academy of Music. Used to be at camp when we had a neighborhood and neighborhood programs. So she has an event coming up. I like to have you hear about it, even if you can't attend. At least you know what's what is going on. So Tana, why don't you go right ahead? Tana Yasu, 
<laughs> Taniyasu, thank you. Greetings and good day. One and all, it's so wonderful to be here in this esteemed, you know, company here. Mr. I, Bishop Witherspoon, my pastor, <laughs> and Pastor Anderson, and standing here to um, support the legacy of my great uncle, Joe Brazil, another powerful Black man in the community uh, for the city of Seattle. Um, doing his legacy work is what brought me out of the salon stylist industry into more community activation because, yes, he's a great jazz musician and teacher, but me being a woman, I'm not a Black man and I don't do music, but he did community activation. So that's the thread I jumped in. It's like, okay, I could do the community thing to help keep this legacy alive. And then to be able to come and use his platform in the arts to celebrate Dr. King is just, you know, it's wonderful. So what we are doing is, um, and Joe Brazil Legacy, you can find us at joebrazillegacy.org. Uh, we're doing a Dr. King birthday kickoff celebration, Friday, January 13th, 2023. And we're going to be at Carco Theater in Renton, which is at 1717 Maple Valley Highway. And we're, the door's opening at 530. Uh, the first half of the event, since it's a kickoff, I'm using that first half, second half template. First half is going to uh, feature a young youth talent show. Um, various young entertainers and give them the platform to do their thing in honor of Dr. King and um, do that young showcase, which starts from 6 to 6.30. Then we have two jazz bands that are going to play from about 6.40 to about 8.15. And then we're going to transition um, to the second half. We have a little intermission transition to the second half where we'll have some R&B uh, and hip hop showcase. Um, the arts are a very important part, I believe, in these movements. So if there's anything Joe Brazil Legacy can do to help uh, get some word out on these things that we're doing, uh, you're welcome to uh, utilize our platform as well. Now, is there a contact for people that are interested in attending uh, China? Contact yeah, um, yeah, if you go to the website, joebrazil.org, um, will be the best way. There's more information there, more details. There's gonna be a food truck there as well. Sean, um, there's gonna be a po' boy is his, it's like Louisiana style food, the po' boy, different type of po' boys. The food truck's gonna be there. Um, and it's, oh, also it, it's a free and open to the public, but with always with these things, we have to have fundraising. So on the website, you can click a link and check out. And if you do a donation, you can get an awesome, Joe Brazil Legacy t-shirt, mm -hmm. um, and actually a meal. So more details, joebrazil.org. All the great pertinent information will be there. And we just, and whole family, come on. Um, Carco Theater holds 300 people. So there's plenty of room, not, lots of nice parking there. And it's just going to be a great time. And I'm just really excited. Uh, if I could just say, I know that Dr. King, at, he was transitioning. We had our civil rights and he was moving into that, you know, where's that check? So I'm really excited about this conversation. I love how everything just came together today perfectly. I couldn't ask for more. Thank you so much, Mr. Rye, for giving me time on your platform. It's wonderful to see you awesome, powerful men. And I'm excited to like be right here and seeing where it's all 
getting ready to take off because it's time. It's way over time. Okay, Tana, thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Uh, Pastor Kerry, I just want to go to you. We have about a minute and a half left. I'd like to have you make some closing remarks about maybe encouraging people to attend the event at Garfield uh, on uh, January 16th, the annual Seattle Martin Luther King Organizing Coalition. They'll be on a little later. But I, is, there, is it still important for folks to get up and show up for Dr. King and stand up for our rights? Yeah, I, th I think the uh, maxim, it's a day on, not a day off, is so important and relevant. And I just want to compliment uh, Tana. Uh, you know, movements have been initiated and engaging as well as effective by music. The civil rights movement was led through uh, the, the narrative of the uh, Black church songs. They just right. change the words around, you know. So let's get out, let's get involved, and let's get active uh, in all of the events that's coming up on the 13th, 14th, and the 15th and the 16th. Okay, and Bishop Reggie? Yeah, well, I would just implore all of your audience to really rally around that civil rights complaint. Uh, I mean, y'all, we, we need, you know, Eddie's got the information out there. We need to, all of you, all, all clergy. I uh, said it to all the clergy too. I said and it I'm going to, I'm going to, Eddie, I'm going to follow you. up along with Dr. Anderson. We're going to get the clergy engaged in this. And I want to encourage all of your audience to, to, to have your voice heard as well. And we're going to turn this around. This is what I'm going to absolutely say with, uh, with uh, no equivocation that we're going to turn this around. And I hope that this, this year for the Dr. Martin Luther King celebration, we break attendance records, man. Let's come together. And the final thing I want to say, because we, we're out of time, Tana, I'm so proud of what you're doing. I uh, remember Tana, Tana grew up in this church. And, and I want to just say it's time that Black folk come together. We must stop, cease and desist all of this div divisiveness Stop. It was not given to us by God. It was given to you by your enemy. Stop feeding into the enemy's hand. When we come together, we'll turn this world around. I want to thank uh, Tana. I want to thank you, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, Bishop Reggie Witherspoon. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back. And this, you can hear this uh, after about two hours from now. This will be available on Alexa and my podcast for the next week. And after that, it's on my website. So this message will not go unheard. 24-7, they can hear you uh, on uh, Alexa and my podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you. Take thank a break. You, thank, thank you for having me. Thank Thanks, thank man. You Appreciate much. you. Blessings on you. Appreciate y'all. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an Orca card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an Orca card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. 
As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150. And I will always continue to say that riots are socially destructive and self-defeating. I'm still convinced that nonviolence is the most potent weapon available to oppress people in their struggle for freedom and justice. I feel that violence will only create more social problems than they will solve. That and now sense it is we will have Leanne Bannerman, who is uh, chair of the volunteer committee for the Seattle uh, King County Organizing Coalition, and Madam Chair Shadé Moore, who is the chair of the uh, Organizing Coalition. And so uh, I know that you have to go and coach basketball in a minute, Shadé. So we're going to let you go first and bring us an update on how things are going and what it's going to look like on January 16th at Garfield High School. Awesome. Can you hear me, Eddie? Yes, loud and clear. Great. Well, happy to be here again. Um, We are, what, T-minus a week and a half until the big event. Um, I think what's special for me and many others um, as it relates to this event is it's our first time being back in person after two years. Um, COVID obviously took us by storm. Um, but we've been blessed to have uh, a continuation of our uh, volunteers and committee members that have showed back up, uh, even in the midst of everything that has taken place to support the planning for uh, our 40th celebration, uh, again, which will be on January 16th. Um, our march and rally will typically start at the same time. So we'll have our indoor rally at Garfield starting at 11 a.m., um, and then we'll be heading outdoors to the front of Garfield High School to begin our march, which will start uh, roughly around uh, 12.30 p.m. Um, and uh, yeah, no, our, our theme this year is 40 years of continuing King's mission. Um, obviously, um, our pioneers, those that have started uh, this big event, this coalition, um, this group uh, started back in 1983. And uh, a lot of our young people are stepping up to the plate. A lot of our, um, you know, middle class or middle aged individuals, I mean, the elderly, so many people are are coming out and then stepping up and making sure that we have, um, you know, everything we need to make this event um, go off without a hitch. So uh, really looking forward to it. Um, We have a planning meeting tonight, um, which is our 11th planning meeting, I believe. Um, and it will be from 6 to 8.30 p.m. on Zoom. Um, and anybody that is obviously interested can go to our website, which is www.seattlemlkcoalition.org um, and click on the calendar tab um, and get all of our information. I just want to give a quick shout out to one person in particular. 
um, who is not on this call, but as I continue to look at the website daily and we continue to get an influx of emails on tabling, on volunteering, on what we're going to be having on the program, um, Abiel Woldu, who is our webmaster, uh, has been doing an excellent job. Um, he's, you know, he works every day. He's also a student. Um, and then to be able to work um, and put together all the updates for our website, I, I cannot express how proud I am, how I think proud the community is, as well as the coalition to see all of the information come to life on our website. So um, it's it's been a good time. Uh, I can't wait for the 16th. I can't wait for our youth event on the 15th. We got workshops getting ready to kick off. We got a great event next week uh, with the Black Prisoners Caucus. Um, so many amazing things that are taking place. So many collaborations and partnerships that are, are taking place as well uh, with various organizations in the community. Um, so yeah, no, we are very excited and um, just looking forward to seeing everything that we've been putting together for the last few months come to life. And now uh, uh, this takes a lot of man and woman power. It does. Uh, to uh, get all this thing going. And that's what Leanne Bannerman has been doing for a few years as uh, the volunteer coordinator at Steer. So Leanne, uh, let us know how things are going. Are you getting enough people to volunteer? Or is yeah, it too early in the game? Are they coming at the last minute? No, some, some do come at the last minute, but we really encourage people to sign up now so that we can get you the information you need to of where to go. You can get orientation. You can, you know, get all of all of the details. The earlier you sign up, the the better, so that you can work out all of the different things that that need to happen. And if you go to um, to the MLK website, so SeattleMLKCoalition.org and backslash volunteer, you'll see um, where you can sign up. We're using um, United Way's um, volunteer registration system so you can go and you can um, see all of the different opportunities that are available we have um, you know Sade mentioned the the workshops that will be in the building we're doing a, a smaller number of them than we have in the past in part because we have so many that are happening virtually in advance but there's a role for for people to welcome people to the workshops and hand out evaluations and make sure the you know the presenters have water and stuff like that so that's a great one. If you're planning to go to the to, to the workshops anyway, you can go and actually help, um, and and you can you know get there early and pick the workshop that you want to be a workshop monitor for. Or you know, there's help with you know the the rally setting up in the gym for the rally. There's um, the opportunity fair, do, you know, setting up all the tables, welcoming the vendors, directing people to um, to the various. Um, uh, vendors and employers that are, are going to be there. And then, you know, obviously the big one is the the, the peacekeepers for the march, which, uh, you know, knock on wood so far, that's that's been a role that has not, hasn't had to be a lot of peacekeeping. <laughs> so haven't had a lot of issues. And really it's just walking along with all of the marchers. And then if, if anything happens, someone, you know, someone stumbles or, or any issues occur, reaching out to, um, to the team who uh, of of leaders for the for the march to to get that figured out. So, um, and then one last thing I say is that in the past where we've had food at Garfield, this year the food is going to be at the end of the march with food trucks and and whatnot. So there's also you know need for people to help with um, with food. So um, and I'm looking and I don't 
I need to make sure I get that opportunity is, is posted. But if you go to the, the main site, as we said, you'll see all of the different opportunities and people can sign up right away. Now, uh, the last in-person event, uh, MLK uh, event, how many volunteers did you have? That was 2020, and it was probably about two to 300 people two that we, yeah. Volunteers? Yep. That's great. That's, that's yeah. great. Yeah, through, through all the different events and things that we had. Um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was, yeah, probably more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely 200, if not, if not more. So, and that's, you know. Also knowing that there are people who show up on the day, but ideally it it makes things a lot easier if you sign up in advance. We just can check you off, get you your t-shirt, and send you on your send you to your assignment. So um having those names listed in advance is super helpful for us to to plan and so that we know we have enough people. Cause otherwise we spend a lot of time then like making calls, trying to get folks there to to volunteer. So sign up now, you'll save you'll save me a big headache. How's that? <laughs> Now, uh, Madam Chair Shade, you mentioned that uh, some of the workshops will be virtual. Can you uh, expand on that so our listeners can uh, be able to uh, uh, observe uh, some of those activities? Yeah, so um, like Leanne had mentioned, um, I mean, due to COVID, you know, there's a lot of actually, uh, there's quite a few factors um, that helped us create, you know, the decision around having um, you know, kind of our workshops be twofold this year. Um, we had some people that were very comfortable with doing things online as they've done for the last two years or as we've done for the last two years, which was totally fine. Um, but we also had some folks that say, hey, we miss that in-person feeling. We miss being more connected to the audience and the people. Um, so is there a way for us to be in person? So it was kind of, um, and I may be wrong on this, but uh, I know it was kind of a, a rough uh, kind of, it was rough getting all those names together of people who wanted to do in-person workshops for the simple fact is I'm sure that we had a lot of inquiries on it. Um, but just a little bit of information on like what folks can ex expect. So um, let's just talk about the in-person workshops. And again, all this is on our website at seattlemlkcoalition.org slash workshops 2023. Um, we have an event obviously taking place in person on the 16th. Obviously, all of these are on the 16th. Um, and the workshop uh, bandwidth will be from 9.30 to 10.50 a.m. Um, we have Meet the Washington Youth Council, the youth tell the truth about racism in schools. Uh, we have four Black women talking, strategies for community healing, uh, making the case for reparations, how to talk to your friends and neighbors, um, bystander intervention, um, community-led advocacy, update with, with whose streets, our streets, and Seattle solidarity budget, um, real-time Huskies talking, social, racial justice, um, dreaming of possibility, belonging, and ownership, storytelling, telling your story when the world tells you no. So those are a list of our in-person workshops, and I'll just go uh, quickly through what we're going to be having virtual. Um, so we'll be having building uh, a respirations movement in Seattle, um, and that'll be taking place on January 10th. Um, Lake Washington Boulevard Community Input Workshop. That'll be also taking place on the 10th. Know Your Rights, a workshop for immigrants, uh, Wednesday, January 11th. Uh, media Literacy, Becoming Anti-Racist News Consumers. Uh, that'll be taking place on the 14th. Uh, Cuba's Family Laws, a reflection of MLK's vision of a new social order. That will also be on the 14th. Uh, Anti-Racist Practice in Early Childhood Education 
also on the 14th. So those are just a few. Um, and all, every year, the list is hard. We have folks who have been emailing us after our deadlines for workshops, asking how can they submit a workshop. Um, so just keep in mind if that's something that you're interested in uh, for the upcoming year, uh, definitely email us in advance, uh, mlkseattle at gmail.com. And I or a member of our team will get you connected to the right committee to start thinking about 2023-2024 workshops and how to get involved. Well, Madam Chair, that's quite a task you've been undertaking, and I know you guys are meeting for quite a while, and uh, I see nothing but success. And uh, as a matter of fact, this year, the King holiday, uh, now that it'll be in person, couldn't come at a better time with the madness we see in Washington, D.C., uh, matter of fact, Madam Chair, you saw us one of the signatories onto the civil rights complaint that was filed uh, last year on November 23rd, uh, 2021. And uh, you also got a letter from Congressman Benny Thompson, who is speaking out on our behalf. He says, even though I'm from Mississippi, I'm concerned about racial discrimination anywhere it exists. Mm-hmm. But if one group is getting 0.18% of the business of the state of Washington, that's something to be concerned about. So mm-hmm. I want to thank both of you and uh, Leanne. Leanne, you guys are doing an outstanding job. And I'm just so happy that, uh, matter of fact, I got a group, uh, a request from the Black Student Union at Lakeside High School want to be on next week to talk about what they're doing to organize. And I put a Facebook post up. I wanted uh, for middle school and high school students, who is organizing your students and your faculty? Mm-hmm. So, okay, it don't have to be faculty now. I want students to go to the faculty and organize them as well. Because uh, the, the MLK interns did an outstanding job last week, and uh, that's available on uh, Alexa still if you ask for that program, and also it'll be on my website. So thank both of you guys. Uh, you guys are doing tremendous work and really do appreciate you. And I'll probably see you again, Sade, before, next week, because that's the final uh, <laughs> Thursday before the event. So uh, thank you guys very much, and uh, uh, we'll uh, be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you, Eddie and Leanne. Uh, up Thanks. close and personal, in person for a change. Show to appreciate it. Thanks, all. Okay, okay Bye. before we take Bye, the three. So, John Bursey, he's next. The Opportunity Fair is next. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland from the 10th District. She's been elected to SWIP with the Congressional uh, Black Caucus. Uh, that was in uh, last week's uh, Seattle Medium, December 28th. And also, my good friend Robert Nellums is a retiring Seattle Center Director after 40 years in the government. And uh, there's also a new president of uh, Harvard University. Uh, uh, the first black president is a sister by the name of Claudine Gay. And in addition to that, I want to let people know that uh, Linda Taylor from the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle, one of the top housing people in this country, is on uh, the front page of the medium. And then uh, the sad news, but it's uh, essential that uh, people remember these folks uh, uh, on uh Saturday on Friday at 2 o'clock p.m. at uh, Columbia Funeral Home, superstar basketball player from Garfield, class of 58, Charles Gully will be funeralized. And then on uh, Saturday uh, at 11 o'clock p.m. at Church by the Side of the Road, my good friend Nancy Jackson will be funeralized. Her repast will be at the Renton Hyatt from 3 to 9. And then Joy Morris, a class of 62 from Garfield, uh, will be uh, having service a celebration of life at one o'clock p.m. on Saturday at the Tuck Willow Community Center. And then on Saturday at two o'clock p.m. at Columbia Funeral Home, my good friend Donald Hickey will be funeralized. 
and his repast will be at the Royal Esquire Club immediately following that service. I also want to give a shout out to Damper from Blue Street Token. He gave me some information to save me $100. The Damper's at 206-725-1777. He might not want to tow your car, but if you have a question about some tires and stuff, call him. He could save you some money. And I want to thank the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Office, uh, Sound Transit Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Office, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office. With, I'm going to have lunch with me and Rice, uh, as a matter of fact, and Josie Regan on Monday and Lawrence Coleman. I also want to congratulate Sam Cho for being the first Asian to be the chair of the Seattle Port Commission. And Toshiko Hasegawa would be on today with John Birchie, but she is the vice chair and had to make a uh, Commitment, I had a, a commitment she had to make to the governor. And you know, that's real important when your boss asks you to do something. And then I want to thank SeaTac Bar Group LLC. Uh, we're going to take this break now, Eric, and then come back so I let everybody know what's going on. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at Port Seattle. Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. But at the same time, it is as necessary for me to be as vigorous in condemning the conditions which cause persons to feel that they must engage in riotous activities as it is for me to condemn riots. I think America must see that riots do not develop out of thin air. Certain conditions... All right, now, uh, Martin Luther King preaching the truth. They do not develop out of thin air. Uh, this part of the, say, of, of the program is dedicated to the Seattle uh, King County Organizing Coalition's Opportunity Fair. We have John Birchie, who is the co-chair of that committee, along with Christine Christina Van Middlesworth. And we also have one of the participants, the leader of the Seattle Fire Department, Chief Harold Scoggins, who will have a presence at the Opportunity Fair again this year since we're back in person. 
So John, why don't you give us an overview of what people can expect on January 16th? And I think it begins at 8.30 in the morning, right? It does, 8.30 in the morning. So 8.30 to 11.30. In fact, it is a morning event. So I know it's a, you know, a free day for most, but if you are free um, and you have cousins, uncles, sons, daughters who need opportunities or jobs or training, all those kinds of things, support with your resume between 8.30 and 11.30 in the morning down at Garfield High School, you can network with other individuals, you can apply for jobs, you can set up interviews, and you can get support for your resume there too. Um, so 8.30 to 11.30 in the morning on MLK Day proper. Um, and the reason we do that, really, you, Eddie Rye, your own self, were you know, the initiator of this idea. If we're going to celebrate uh, Martin Luther King's life and his work and what he did and what he stood for, then let's at least put our money where our mouth is and have actual access to economic opportunities on that very day. So that's where, you know, the Opportunity Fair was born from. Well, you know, it's been two years since we were able to come together. Could you give a little overview of what the past Opportunity Fairs have looked like? Yes, sir. We uh, I just was looking at some of the paperwork. It was 2020. Um, that January when we celebrated in person. Um, and it's been since then that we have not had, you know, this piece of the event in place. So we're back in person doing that. And in the past, um, more than 300 people walk through the, you know, the cafeteria there at Garfield High School um, to um, be at the, at the Opportunity Fair and to also see um, and, you know, participate in some workshops that are happening that day too with community leadership. Um, so it's an opportunity for you to come, check in, um, let us introduce you to have access to other employers, help you with your resume, um, and network with other individuals um, in the room in terms of workshops and other opportunities there. I want to go to uh, Chief uh, Harold Scoggins. Thank you for taking time out to be on Urban Forum Northwest again today. Uh, why don't you just share with us a little bit about where the Fire Seattle Fire Department is? Are you actively recruiting people? I know you will have a presence at the Opportunity Fair. Just give us an idea of what is available with the Seattle Fire Department. Sure, absolutely. And Eddie, first, let me thank you for inviting me in to um, just share a little bit about the Seattle Fire Department. It, and just for everyone out there, the Seattle Fire Department is always recruiting, looking to share information about opportunities here in the Seattle Fire Department. We think it's an outstanding and amazing opportunity. But any fire service opportunity here in King County, any fire department in King County is an excellent chance for you. So we're going to be talking to individuals who come by our table on how do they prepare to become a firefighter? Is that signing up for classes at North Seattle College so they can start to build that knowledge base? Um, phys physical fitness, what are they doing? How do they prepare? What do they know about the Seattle Fire Department? What kind of work do we actually do? Because we do a lot of different things. Most people see us jump off of the engines and the ladder but we have medics, we have fire investigators, we have inspectors, we have dispatchers, and the list just goes on and on and on. So we'll be talking to them about all of the different opportunities. But Eddie, I'll circle back to that first question you asked, and, and what kind of day is it and what's the spirit? You know, I've, I've been to the event multiple times. Generally, my wife and I are there. It's a good event. It's good spirits are in the room. People are excited. People are hugging each other. So for me, it's a, it's a, it's a place that whether we at a table there or not, it's a place I would be there. You certainly have been in the past, sir. As a matter of fact, I have a, a pick with you, your wife, John, uh, Pastor Ransford, uh, Sharon Maida, 
uh, uh, Data Voodoo Dash. Uh, we had an international picture there. So, uh, now, now John, uh, what kind of results at the last opportunity fair? Uh, what kind of results did you get? That's a good question too. Um, and I'll jump on to Chief Scoggins' comments, you know, in relation to it, um, because I feel the same way. Um, you know, one of the one of the most powerful results I think of the day is, is is that moment realizing that you are in and among the community, and we have all decided to come together that day and support each other and connect each other the best way that we possibly can. So you enter that room um, and you feel that vibe, and you leave that day inspired. Right? It's uh, it's almost like a a church service every year. Um, so that's the first thing you get, right? And that's why I brought up the networking, because in addition to jobs or resume support of those kind of things, you really are getting personal support and networking and connections like that. Um, and in the meantime, we um, you know, are always working with uh, anybody who sets up a table there and any of those employers, um, because we've asked those employers to make sure they have open opportunities to hire people that are current jobs um, and so we really ask them to, if they have, you know, good candidates to set them up for interviews. Um, and so those are the results we're looking for is how can we help people get an updated, solid resume in their hand? And how can we connect people with job opportunities that are real and can happen in the short term? So what were the results from the 2020 event? Because I also understand that there is other uh, technical assistance like resume uh, enhancement, not like Mr. Santos out of New York, but the, the legitimate re resume enhance enhancement. Yeah, exactly. There were multiple people. We I think we served over 40 people in that resume room and were help, able to help them. Um, and I think over 20 some people actually were connected and within those few months after the event were actually hired on with some of the companies that were there. Um, so it is, uh, it is very possible to make a connection and actually get employment that day. Chief, I want to ask you, uh, what kind of openings do you have right now? And, uh, what is the process? What does an individual have to do? Say once they submit their application, uh, you say they're hired. I know that's probably be a physical and some other kind of exams, but what all does a person have to endure? Is there like a firefighter school like they have with the uh, uh, police police academy? Yes, there is. And so in 2022, we gave an exam um, in early 22, and we created a list uh, from that uh, from the applicants in that process. And, and what would happen at that point is um, once you take the written, once you get through the interview, once you're placed on the list, um, like we're getting ready for our February 1st class. They started the process a year ago now, um, but here's what they've gone through. They've gone through a physical abilities test where there's a series of physical exercises, fire service related, that they have to do in a certain amount of time. That's important. We do a background, we do a medical, we do a psych. And all this is just getting you ready to start recruit training. And we have a recruit, recruit training academy that's 15 and a half weeks. It starts on February 1st. And that's re really where you learn the nuts and bolts about becoming a firefighter before we put you out on the floor. You're on probation at that point. 
But one of our goals is, um, because our lists are good for two years, one of our goals is actually sharing what else is going on here in King County. So whether it's Skyway or Enumclaw or Eastside Fire and Rescue or Puget Sound, generally, someone is always hiring. So one of the things we'll be telling them is, hey, go to our King County Fire Chiefs website. We have every depart fire department here in King County. We have a link on there. You can click on that link. And you can actually see who's hiring at the time. So it's not just Seattle, it's any fire department in King County. And John, what I may do is ask you for a flyer and send it out to some of my peers around King County and see if I can get some of the other fire departments um, to attend. We did a, a event at North Seattle College not long ago, and we had nine different fire departments that showed up at North Seattle College uh, to do a little recruiting with us. So that's our goal. And that that's a great that's great. John, you want to respond to that? I know I think it's fantastic. And you know, I was just gonna say, I know you're gonna ask me anyways that the fire department will be there, but colleges will be there, um, construction apprenticeship programs will be there, um, child care opportunities will be there. Um, so there'll be plenty of different kind of hiring opportunities there that day. And uh, so in 2020, how many different companies and organizations that you have? And agencies that you have in 2020? Oh, it was, I think the number was above 50. We had grown and that was our strongest year to date. I think it was 52, you know, trainers or employers were present. Um, we won't be as big this year. We're just coming back off the COVID, but um, there will be, um, there will be over 30 um, this year. Um, and we don't know. So it's growing this week actually. And yeah, please Chief Scoggins, um, uh, Share with me your email, and I'll get that flyer out to you so we can spread the word, too. Will do. Well, Chief, I really do appreciate you stepping out your meeting to get on Urban Forum Northwest. I think this is very important because they'll be holding you accountable for recruiting the firefighters. We want to make sure that we use all vehicles uh, that we have at our disposal to make sure you attain your goal. And, John, we really appreciate uh, you uh, uh, co-chairing that uh, opportunity fair we know your commitment because that's your regular gig anyway, is to make sure people are trained properly. And you've been working with a whole bunch of folks in terms of apprenticeship program. Uh, a little concerned about uh, about uh, the, the uh, uh, African-American males who are in construction. Uh, there are some reports that they're not getting past the third year. So that's another conversation to have another time. Thank both of you gentlemen. I certainly appreciate you. And I'll see you at the meeting tonight, John. We have a Zoom. Right. Thanks, Thank Chief. You. I appreciate you. Sounds great. Okay. Take care. John, I'll see right, you. Thank okay. you, Chief. Bye. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, so thanks very much.